The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn presents. Too many of us are overweight, sleep deprived, stressed, isolated, depressed, anxious, diseased, addicted, and unable to pay attention. We spend 95% of our time indoors and don't engage the natural world. I started asking myself if the benefits of this technological lifestyle were worth the cost. And that question opened up a whole new world. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Michael Kavnet, And here at the Next Big Idea Daily, we pride ourselves on bringing you fresh thinking and new ideas. Our team combs through the latest nonfiction to find the nuggets of wisdom we think will make your lives better. But sometimes newness is overrated. Sometimes the best ideas are the old ones. I mean, the really old ones, not from a millennium or two ago. I'm talking Stone Age wisdom. That's what you're going to get from my guest today, Jessica Carew Craft. Jessica is a journalist and editor, and some years ago, she ditched her high-tech lifestyle to become a naturalist and wild food forager. She spent several years researching people and communities who practice the skills of ancient humans. And she joins us now to share some of the key insights from her book, Why We Need to Be Wild, One Woman's Quest for Ancient Human Answers to 21st Century Problems. Question the benefits of modern technology. Several years ago, I was working as an editorial advisor to high-tech startups. I was like any other resident of San Francisco during the tech boom, relying on food delivery apps and summoning GPS-guided rides around the city, constantly attached to my cell phone. My daily routines were hectic and stressful. I listened to the utopian tech CEOs and got excited about a future where the monotonous tasks of traditional family life could be eradicated with the push of a button. Yet digital utopia seemed to get further and further away, and I wasn't seeing many benefits in my life. In fact, I was miserable. The quality time I could allot to my family and friends was shrinking as I dashed around dealing with strangers, answering to a boss, and sitting inside for eight hours a day, mindful of always appearing productive to my coworkers. All of this seemed to go against my instincts to direct my own activities, be with my loved ones, and get outside. Beyond my personal experience, most statistical indicators of physical, mental, and community health across the industrialized world are getting worse. Too many of us are overweight, sleep-deprived, stressed, isolated, depressed, anxious, diseased, addicted, and unable to pay attention. (laughs) We spend 95% of our time indoors and don't engage the natural world. I started asking myself if the benefits of this technological lifestyle were worth the cost. And that question opened up a whole new world. The lifestyle of our ancient ancestors and modern-day hunter-gatherers is healthier and happier than ours. Studying field reports from anthropologists working with hunter-gatherer clans, I realized that we have traded away the social, psychological, and physical benefits of our ancestral lifestyle in favor of convenience, comfort, and technological progress. True, we now enjoy easy access to calories, clean water, climate-controlled shelter, health care, and entertainment. 
But compared to hunter-gatherers, most of us don't have adequate leisure time, healthy social support, or a purposeful sense of belonging. The types of stressors we experience are ones that our ancient ancestors never knew, because they didn't have to work so hard, no more than three to six hours a day. An entire band cooperated to find and prepare food. All other materials for daily life came free from the environment. Living in tight-knit social groups provided them with security and emotional well-being. Contrary to stereotypes, these cultures, which have persisted to this day, hold a deep respect for the role women and non-binary folks play in group life, and they are compassionate to the ill and disabled. Across the globe, hunter-gatherer groups persist, though they are constantly imperiled by farming, industry, and military incursion. I know, it sounds absurd to recreate a primal lifestyle in modern society. I like my Netflix and boba tea, too. Yet I spent the last five years learning from folks doing just that, realizing that these skills are crucial to human survival, beneficial for our health and families, and pretty badass. Practicing rewilding reconnects us to our birthright as happy, healthy hominids in balance with nature. We currently live in a state of evolutionary mismatch. No longer in the environment we evolved to live in, we have domesticated ourselves and are utterly dependent on centralized production systems. Just as the dog, once a wild wolf, now expects its nightly kibble and soft bed, humans expect to get all their calories from the grocery store and snooze on a Tempur-Pedic mattress in a 70-degree room. Rewilding aims to bring us back into alignment with our ancestral ways of life. The popular paleo diet is an attempt to rewild how we eat. Barefoot running shoes are meant to restore our original locomotion and get us in touch with the earth. Rewilders apply this logic to every aspect of life. How we sleep, socialize, work, make necessities, build shelter, raise children, and recreate. Some spend periods every year living in primitive shelters, sourcing their sustenance from nature, and occasionally returning to towns, jobs, cars, and coffee shops. Some keep a few durable industrial goods, but carve out a feral life in the woods. Others roam the West in horseback caravans, harvesting and planting back wild species. I started meeting rewilders at gatherings teaching ancestral skills and attempted to learn what they knew. I was fascinated by how they revived traditions that were on the brink of extinction. They were driven by the understanding that ancient human cultures were once profoundly egalitarian, never subjugating others or exploiting resources to the point of ruin. This allowed them to navigate issues of indigenous rights, colonialism, and economic and racial privilege with great care. Despite the fact that living close to nature was once inherent to all humans, it has now become a privileged pursuit, often excluding minority groups and posing challenges for those struggling to make ends meet. Yet, the allure of wilder life is something that all of us might still identify with. Anyone, anywhere, can rewild some parts of their life. Rewilding means drawing inspiration from primal cultures, which possess the longest-standing wisdom traditions to guide our way of life. Simplify your social circle to include only 25, the group size our brains evolved to handle. Prioritize fostering meaningful relationships over pursuing wealth, because other people's love and kindness is more reliable than the stock market. Incorporate wild foods into your diet. They're more nutritious. Encourage children to play outdoors and maximize time in nature. 
Instead of buying things, you can embrace the process of creation for some of your needs. Attempt to acquire a few ancestral skills, even if you only use them on camping trips. All of this will help reduce stress, promote activity, and even get that desirable dopamine detox. The more I liberate myself from the confines of domestication, the happier I am. I've harvested roadkill for dinner, foraged wild greens for salads, carved knives from stone, and made clothing from deer hides. Doing all of this gave me more confidence in my ability to face whatever obstacles come my way. Thank you, Jessica. Maybe we should all try rewilding ourselves a bit. Just don't give up your podcast habit just yet. At least, not until you come back tomorrow, when we'll be joined by Julian Bagini, who's written a book called How to Think Like a Philosopher, 12 Key Principles for More Humane, Balanced, and Rational Thinking. We could all use some more of that. If you're enjoying our little podcast, maybe you could give us a quick rating or review. Shouldn't take more than a minute, and you can do it right there in your podcast player. It will help others find the show, and we'd appreciate it. I'm Michael Kovnat. See you tomorrow.